Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, my Dano, friend? Dano, what's up with all this who struck Don stuff, man? You know? Listen, I've got some stuff today. This is one of those shows. You know, folks, you do a show every day. You wake yeah. up with varying degrees of energy. I got a show today I'm, I'm unbelievably excited about. By the way, I'll be in filling in for Hannity on December 18th. And it uh, looks like Levin, uh, filling in for Levin on the 22nd, I think in the 26th of December too. I'll update you on those dates, but I'm definitely in for Hannity on Monday. I get excited about that. I'm super stoked about today's show, and I may go into some of this stuff in a little more detail on those shows as well. All right. Because this is just insane stuff. Now, those of you who listen to the show regularly know I am a devout non-conspiracy theorist to the chagrin of some to the excitement of many. Um, but I've got to tell you, I read a piece yesterday that is in the show notes. I know I say go to the show notes. I know it benefits me if you go to Bongino.com. I'm not pretending in any way to be uh, objective here. But please, please go to the show notes at Bongino.com today or you subscribe to my email list and read this story at the tablet. I tweeted it out yesterday. If you're on Twitter and you're not interested in going to my website, that's cool, too. Go to my Twitter. It's there. And I said, this is the most important story of the week. And I took a screenshot from uh, Nick Short on Twitter, hat tip to him, of the most important part of the most important story of the week. Now, I don't like conspiracy theories, but there's a lot of evidence here that there's something going on. And that's why I titled this show, Is the Fake News Media Getting Played? Let's get to the uh, let's get to the milk and cookies here. Okay? All right. So, and I said to Joe's like, well, what? Joe was even excited. He's like, Dan, before the show, he goes, what are you talking about? As if I said, I can't tell you because I want a genuine reaction from you before the show. <laughs> now, I'm just gonna say I don't know this is true, but there's possible evidence that it may be true. Here's the the story. So, last uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, the a, a story about Donald Trump Jr. leaked, and the gist of the story was this. That he had been provided by WikiLeaks, Don Trump Jr., uh, via email, Mm -hmm. a special encryption key to gain access to information that they had hacked from the DNC and others. right. Now, that would be an explosive story. Now, keep in mind, Don Jr., there there were no allegations by anyone, anywhere, Democrats, Republicans, even the most livid, uh, vitriolic anti-Trump haters, that Don uh, Don Jr. responded to this email. In other words, he didn't. But nonetheless, that would be an interesting story that, wow, WikiLeaks was was trying to get Don Jr. special access to some encrypted file of DNC emails, right, Joe? Would be Mm -hmm. a big story. Yeah. Now- I don't want to rehash the story, but the story, this is critical. You understand the specifics of this story to understand the explosive story I'm about to tell you afterwards that I think there's a lot of evidence for. The date provided to certain members of the uh, the House, the, the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, a bunch of congressional members, the date provided on that email to some of them was September 4th. That date is absolutely critical Mm. because the email was released publicly after September 4th. Now, Mm? here's the kicker, folks. The story, which was then blasted out there by left-wing hack media outlets. Look at this. Donald Trump got special access to this treasure trove of hacked information by WikiLeaks. 
by the way, but she didn't respond to. No one's even alleging he did that. The problem is that was not the date of the email. The date of the email to Trump Jr., Joe, Mm -hmm. was September 14th, not September 4th. Why is that critical to understanding what I'm about to tell you? Forgive me the long setup. I'm sorry for rehashing, but you have to get the details right here. Right. The reason the September 14th date of the email is critical is because the information was already public. It's a non-story. You see where I'm going, Joe? Yeah. WikiLeaks had already released the information, providing Donald Trump with an encryption key to uh, Trump Jr., I should say, excuse me, with an encryption key to data that is already available to any Joe Schmo on Google is a non-story. By the way, an email he never responded to. I I don't, uh, Mm. folks, seriously, even if you are a a rabid, foaming at the mouth anti-Trumpist, how is that a story? As, As one person reported, and forgive me, I don't remember who. You know what the real story is? Donald Trump Jr. was spammed by WikiLeaks. That's the story. <laughs> he was sent an email like, hey, here's an encryption key to information. Oh, really? Which, by the way, he didn't even respond to. But it's already on the internet for everyone to see, and the media has already reported on it. Now, why is that date critical? The initial date of September 4th, which was fake news. Because somebody in that, uh, with, this is where... There's evidence. I'm, not, I'm just putting this out there for you to analyze. And I hate doing this, but this is this is an explosive story. Somebody leaked that date, mm-hmm. the September 4th date to the media, which was the wrong date. Folks, only a few people had access to that information. Now, a vet- very credible person who I deeply respect and who is connected out the, out the uh, wazoo. No one knows where the wazoo is, but the wazoo mm-hmm. is important. <laughs> there are Quite, some theories yes. about it. Proposed something a little while ago, rather cryptically, on an account on social media, that this was in fact a inside operation by government individuals in the IC and law enforcement community to out leakers in the government. Now, how would that be? How would that happen? Well, Joe, if Don Trump Jr. was coming to testify in front of just you and me, and mm-hmm. we were members of Congress, and you were a rabid anti-Trumper Democrat, mm-hmm. and I am a conservative Republican. And the information changing hands goes, one set of information goes to you and Mm -hmm. another set of information goes to me. And one set of information is purposefully wrong. Mm. And that purposefully purposefully wrong information makes it out to the press. Can I reasonably assume you leaked it? You could. You could. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I I know yesterday I I was talking about the movie Miami Vice, which I love with the Colin Farrell, Jamie Foxx, who's kind of a turd. But nonetheless, I like the movie. The movie gets panned. But there's a there's a scene in the movie towards the end where they're trying to find out who the leak within law enforcement is. There's a there's a mole in law enforcement giving Mm -hmm. information to uh, Jose Euro and the uh, and, and the cartel. So what they do is they set up this fake drug, uh, this drug deal, excuse me, but they give the date and time of the delivery of the drug deal mm-hmm. to different agencies at different times. Therefore, when they get the information back through the cartel, look, we got the info. Uh, you're uh, uh, Tuesday. They know exactly Tuesday in the evening who they told that to. They yeah. told that I think in the movie to the FBI, and they're like, "So the leak has to be in the FBI because that's not what we told any other law enforcement agency." You get it, Joe? Gotcha. Yep. There is a very, very strong headwind going now. That there is some kind of an intel operation going on, and this is the this is the 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 the, the uh, big coup de gras here. 
that there's an intel operation going on against members of Congress. What? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Spider-Man. You are, what? what? Folks, this is a big deal. Yeah. I think it's a good deal because you're a member of Congress with a security clearance that has not entitled you to leak it to the media. Now, I, I can't confirm this, but here's the evidence because I never throw stuff out there and I was very, very hesitant. I've known about this for about a week and a half now mm-hmm. and I've been very hesitant to talk about it. But here's some evidence for you. From the tablet piece by Lee Smith, who deserve, he says Glenn Greenwald deserves a Pulitzer Prize for reporting about this stuff. I think he does for this piece because it's so good. It's at Bongino.com, right? A text from it. He says, uh, here's some of his evidence. He says, first, that the DOJ, Department of Justice show, got a hold of 10,000 texts between Peter Strzok, the the the, uh, the anti-Trump FBI supervisor who was in charge of, uh, was a, a key player in the Clinton email investigation and the Trump investigation, okay. so that the DOJ got a hold of these texts between Strzok and his FBI lover suggests a pretty serious investigation is ongoing. Folks, I agree. Now, we talked about the texts yesterday, these anti-Trump texts from this guy Strzok and the FBI and this FBI lawyer. Mm-hmm. But nobody's asked, like, well, how did we get them? Well, there's an IG investigation going on. Okay, folks, this is pretty serious stuff. They didn't just appear out of nowhere. That's evidence piece number one, that there is a very serious intelligence operation gathering uh, operation going on uh, in the inside. Secondly, as covered in the piece as well, and they're right, and I think we, we, we may have covered this on the show. I don't know. I'm not sure. Back in August, Sessions, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, and Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence, already announced publicly that they were looking at leaks within the United, illegal leaks. Folks, I'm not suggesting, by the way, that any of this is nefarious. The investigation into the leaks, Joe, that's what I mean. The mm-hmm. leaks are nefarious. Right. But don't say, I'm not suggesting any of this is wrongdoing. On it. This is a good thing. I am fully in support of this. If you are a member of Congress entrusted with clandestine secret information, you reveal that information, you are not immune to prosecution for that. But they announced in August, Joe, Sessions and Coates, the DNI, that they were looking at an intelligence operation to uncover leaks within the government. Now, folks, we all know who's been on TV disclosing all kinds of information. Now, he hasn't said anything at this point classified on television, we know. But Adam Schiff is on that the Republican from California, the virulent anti-Trump, he's been almost maniacal. He's been on TV claiming he has all kinds of information about Trump and how it you know, alludes to collusion. He never says there's collusion. He just says, well, there's information out there. Now, Joe, has anyone ever considered that the information Schiff has is wrong? Mm. That the information has been purposely fed to him and a few other Democrats only. And the information, although the core information is right, Trump Jr. was sent an email, Joe, by WikiLeaks. Right. The key data is wrong. Now, as Lee Smith points out in the tablet piece, and it's a good point, some of you may say, well, that's kind of wrong, you know, trying to out members of Congress and trying to make Trump look good. No, no, no. Eh. The information, this is the brilliant, if this is happening, and I strongly believe it is, this intelligence operation, the information, Joseph, that they're feeding, mm-hmm. To these members of Congress that they know are going to leak it illegally, 
doesn't make Trump look good. It makes Trump look bad. That's how they know that it's going to be fed to the media. In other words, guys, say Trump was contacted by email, but just change the date to the 4th for the Democrats and the 14th for the Republican on the committee. And watch, because the 4th date makes it look like it's a conspiracy mm-hmm. to send encrypted information. We know the Democrats will leak it. Folks, this is explosive, explosive stuff. If members of Congress right now on the, the a traditionally, by the way, very non-political piece of Congress, the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. In the past, Joe, this has not been, there have been episodes, granted, but this has not been a hotbed of partisan activity for obvious reasons, Joe. Mm-hmm. Intelligence that could destroy the United States is not fodder to win a political race. I think we all understand that, right? Yeah. Now, there have been episodes in the past there, but this has traditionally not been a place where you put hyper-partisan people. The fact that it has been now potentially corrupted And people, whether staffers or congressmen in there, may be leaking information and may be suckers for an intel operation is an enormous, enormous story and a story of of national importance. These people should be sanctioned. And if they committed a crime, they should be arrested and they should be prosecuted. And I mean, this should be the end of their careers. I, I say this. And you may say, well, how does this relate to the title of the show? Is the fake news media being played? Because there's something very, very critical. Another, and this is the final missing piece. So first we have the 10,000 texts uncovered. That's clearly part of some investigation, Joe. Mm -hmm. No one releases 10,000 texts just randomly. Oh, let me just release my text file to the public. (laughs) Something's going on there. We know there's an IG investigation. We know that's what happened there. Point number two. Sessions and Coates already announced they were going to try to uncover leakers within the government. Point number three, which I think is escaping a lot of folks, is the fact that when CNN how to re- how to retract this story, Joe, about the WikiLeaks, you know, email of Trump about the encrypted data. By the way, that was already on the internet, right? <laughs> so they were, Trump was spam, basically. When I don't know if you noticed this, but when CNN retracted the story. People started to ask, well, are these reporters who who reported this story going to be punished? And CNN's response is very, very telling. They said, no, we're not going to chastise and punish these reporters because they followed our editorial standards on sourcing. Hmm. Why is that interesting? That's interesting because let's I don't know exactly what CNN's editorial standards on sourced information are. But to be fair to CNN. After the debacles they've undergone with the Scaramucci fake news and the other stuff, mm-hmm. I'm not a CNN guy, fan. I get that, Joe, and, and you should get it too. But they don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, listen, that's just a fact. CNN doesn't want, CNN's not going to knowingly report fake news. Can we all agree? Now, they, they may report fake news to hurt the president, mm-hmm. but they're not going to knowingly do it and destroy their reputation. I, folks, if you, agree, if you think otherwise, I'm sorry. That's just silly. CNN, uh, let me stipulate this. CNN hates the president. They will report anything to embarrass him. But you see where I'm going with this show? They're not right. going to embarrass themselves by reporting something. They know six, seven hours later they're going to have to retract. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do They're not stupid. That says to me that the source... They got that September 4th date from, which was wrong, and I think planted information, just like Jose Euro, Cochi Loco, the crazy pig Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Miami Vice. I think the source of that information was either a member of Congress or a staffer, because that would certainly 
meet the editorial standards for CNN to publish such an explosive story. Do you see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah. In other words, if it was just some Joe Schmo, uh, you know, some, you know, like a guy who, uh, I don't know, the guy, say the guy who was the, I, I don't know, he, he's the, he was washing windows in a congressional office and overheard a conversation. Yeah, listen, well, th- that would be the kind of thing you'd want to double and triple source because you're like, mm-hmm. all right, this is a nice guy. You know, but he, you know, who knows what he heard. He was outside the window. He, you know, he was looking in. You know what I'm saying, Joe? That's the kind of thing that that might break the rules of sourcing if you were to put it. If you got it from a member of Congress or a staffer who was assigned to the Permanent Select Committee on Intel, that probably met their rigorous standards to publish it, even though it may have been fake news intentionally planted. And the media, if this is the case, you just got played. You got suckered. You just got, you got snookered big time. Now... I'm not a reporter. I'm an opinion guy. And Joe knows a lot of what I know because I've told him. But as I've said, I get knocked on this all the time on Twitter. Fair enough, folks. People, oh, if you know something about the Clintons, put it out there, man. You know, you're destroying the country. I get it all the time. All right, folks, fair enough. You're free to feel that way. I'm telling you I'm not going to destroy my credibility or destroy the sources I have who've asked me not to say anything until they can be in a better position, let's say. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to break my trust to people. CNN seems to have no such desire. They want to be first on the story, even when the story is coming from people who may be getting entirely suckered and played. I had a story one time about Mrs. Clinton, which I put out there, that I thought we were getting played on until I heard from like the fourth or fifth different source that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then I, was, I believed it. You're getting played in the media. That is why this litany, I believe that is why the Deutsche Bank story, Joe, the Deutsche Bank story, for those of you who missed it, breaking news. I forget the media outlet that published it, but it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was, in my opinion, a, a not a, not a cent, not one played, played it, played it straight, right? They said Trump's bank records and stuff were being subpoenaed, Trump's Deutsche Bank records. It was fake news. Folks, I think it was intentional. I think it was part of this intelligence operation to, to out these people. The uh, Mike Flynn, the Mike Flynn story. Remember that one, Joe? Mike Flynn's going to testify against Trump that as a candidate, Trump was told to uh, Trump. Flynn was told by Trump to contact the Russians. Fake news. He was not told as a candidate. He was told as the president elects choice for national security advisor to contact the Russians. Part of his job, folks, the key part of that story that I'm telling you was changed was not that Flynn was told to contact the Russians. True, right, Joe? Mm hmm. The fake news plant to play the media for suckers and these dopey sources that are giving this up was that change president-elect to candidate, feed one piece of information to this guy and another piece of information to the next guy and see what leaks. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? I sure do. On the Deutsche Bank story. Tell them a fact. Deutsche Bank records are being looked into. Apparently, that is a fact. But it's not about Trump. It's about other people involved with Trump. So change one piece of information. It's about Trump. Trump's bank records being looked into. Ah, fake news. You got burned again. I believe they are outing sources. I also believe that there is a tidal wave coming ashore soon. I I think I may have been too harsh on some of the people in DOJ, and I mean it, Joe. Uh, I'm talking about the good guys, not the not the people in DOJ who've been going after Trump and sending all these nasty tweets and Bruce Orr and his wife who works for Fusion GPS, who met with Fusion GPS. I think the good guys, and I, this is a little bit of good news for you all. I think the good guys over in DOJ 
are getting ready for something big. I think there is a uh, a big thunderstorm coming. We'll see. You know, I, I you know what I'm saying, Joe. Like I've been very harsh. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing? They're letting all this. I don't. I think I was wrong. And when I'm wrong, I gotta kind of dial it back and uh, you know and admit it a little bit. And I think there's something people are getting ready to be really embarrassed. It's, and maybe members of Congress and their staff, too. So I know we have liberals who listen. I would just say to the media, I would be really careful on reporting this stuff because you may be getting suckered big time. All right. Today's show brought to you by... I love these guys. I love these guys. I got one. They sent me one. It's the greatest thing ever, right? You know, what is it? Well, listen, this is the holidays... Everybody's got a tough time picking out gifts for guys. Joe, you know it. I know my wife does. I I have a, I have a tough time finding gifts for my friends, like yeah. my cop buddies and stuff. Yeah, what do you? I mean, what do you get, guys? guys I don't like, buy them anything. I just yeah, with me, yeah, you can't because there's right. nothing to get them. I have a solution for this problem though. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to pick out the perfect gift, and it's very easy to get it wrong. We're introducing our buddies, mancrates.com. I love this. They sent me one of these, the coolest thing ever. The surest way to find gifts that guys will actually love, guaranteed. This isn't a cheese of the month club. We all hate that. Or a new tie. (laughs) Mancrates offers over 100 hand-curated gift collections for every type of guy, from the rugged outdoorsman to the sports fanatic and everything in between. Here's one of their man crates. They have the whiskey appreciation crate with a personalized decanter and glasses for his favorite drink. Come on, who wouldn't love that? Mm. They have the grill master crate, Joe, with get a load of this. The brass knuckle meat tenderizer and a <laughs> cast iron smoker box. Go to mancrates.com, pick the perfect crate, and choose the delivery date. I've gotten one of these in the mail. I received these things were awesome. When the crate arrives, you get to pry the bad boy open with your own laser engraved crowbar. I'm not kidding. A crowbar <laughs> comes in the box. I think it takes an average of 15 minutes to open the crate, but man, you'll have fun doing it. I got my hammer out. My wife's like, whack it! Hit it! Hit that sucker! Boom! You, you hammer the crowbar in. It is, I think opening the crate is almost as much fun as looking to see what's inside. Both Men's Health and Allure magazine are saying man crates are the perfect gift for men, and those two don't agree on anything that's absolutely true they have thousands of five-star reviews and every man crate comes with a 100 satisfaction guarantee own the holidays go to mancrates.com slash dan that's mancrates.com slash dan and you will get five percent off they don't do this for anybody folks they don't give discounts because they don't need to because the company's exploding right now. They don't offer this discount anywhere else. That's 5% off at mancrates.com slash Dan. That's mancrates.com slash Dan. You're going to love this. This is like the coolest thing ever. When they signed up to sponsor, I was like, they're like, you guys, you want to read for this company? I'm like, read for this company. Uh, you kidding me? I said, send me one of them crates while you're at it. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. I, I got to get you one, Joe. You're going to love it. I'm telling you, smashing this thing open is, is, uh, is, is just... <laughs> That's <laughs> 90% of the fun. Yeah. That's right. Oh, boy. All right. I got a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm not going to just cover this today, so don't worry. I got a lot of get stuff to get to because there's a lot of cool stories out there. There's one good story at National Review, but I do want to make sure we cover this as well because there is an explosive op-ed. Again, I hate to keep using that term, but it's just so true. There's so much going on right now, uh, and it ties into what we just talked about. Explosive op-ed at the Wall Street Journal today, which, listen, everybody knows they try to play it down the middle, okay? Mm -hmm. I I like it. I've been reading it since I'm a kid, but they do go after friends of mine sometimes, and I wish they wouldn't. They try to play it down the middle, and the op-ed, the gist of it, Joe, is did the FBI change the outcome of a presidential election? 
I, I mean, I know it was anticlimactic saying that, but think about what I just said to you. A mainstream American newspaper that, you know, they're right leaning, no question about that, but tries to play it somewhat down the center. Has an op-ed up today asking if the FBI changed the outcome of a presidential election. Wait, wait, what? Come again? I, I Even I was surprised because they really do. They, they are very careful with their op-eds. I've been reading the journal since I'm 16. They are very, very careful about their op-eds. Now, I want to propose to you another, I, I don't want to do a lot of theories today, but this is important because this all ties together, folks, and I think it explains this. Uh, I'm like scratching my head because I don't want I don't want to lose you all, but this is this is critical. When I say to the FBI change the outcome of an election, there is another theory out there that we're viewing all of this historically. What happened with the Comey exoneration of Hillary Clinton, the reopening of the Clinton case? Uh, for those of you who don't remember that. Remember Jim Comey gave that nationally televised speech about the Clinton email investigation where he laid out this ironclad case seemingly against Hillary Clinton. Remember that, Joe? I can't forget it, man. And nobody can. And all of a sudden at the end, he's like, but no reasonable prosecutor would charge her. And everybody was like, wait, what? What? Come again? Like we were all scratching our heads. Like what just happened? He laid out this perfect case against Hillary. And that's the speech, by the way, where... It's alleged that Peter Strzok changed the content of that Comey speech from grossly negligent Hillary Clinton's activities with the email, Joe. Mm -hmm. Strzok changed it to Comey didn't say grossly negligent. He said extremely careless. Now, why is that critical? Because gross negligence is the standard for criminal conduct in that case. So you following what I'm saying here, Joe? Peter Strzok, the deputy director of counterintel, involved heavily in the Clinton email investigation and the interviews of Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills and Hillary, from from what I remember correctly. Strzok changes Comey's speech from the use of words that would indicate criminal conduct to the words extremely careless, which are not in the statute. Huh. What? Now, one of the theories out there now is we're viewing this all wrong. And this is what I find fascinating. And I, again, have been hesitant to talk about it, but if we're going to throw out there stuff, today's the day to do it, all right? Yeah. One of the theories now that's gaining some steam is that we're viewing this all wrong, Joe, that when Comey's speeches at the time, which first damaged Mrs. Clinton, And then saved her by exonerating her in the same speech, Joe. Mm -hmm. And then the speech he gave later. Remember when he reopened the case? Remember the case is being reopened because they found uh, they thought they found new emails on uh, on Anthony Weiner's laptop. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks before the election. Yep. People were saying, oh, gosh, this was Comey's effort to the Democrats were saying Comey's trying to. Hurt Hillary. He's trying to destroy her. So, folks, just so we're clear, and I don't want to lose you, but this is really critical. You get this. It's so important what's going on right now to understanding the sad state of American politics. Democrats were saying with the initial exoneration, even after the damning uh, speech, public speech, oh, Comey did the right thing, right, Joe? Look, he exonerated her. He said she made some extremely careless decisions, but ultimately, even though he had no power to exonerate her, he's an investigator, not right. a not a not a not a judge or a jury or a prosecutor, right? Democrats loved him. 
Then three weeks before the election or whatever it was, a couple weeks before, Comey comes out again and says, we're going to reopen the Hillary email case because we may have found additional uh, emails on Wiener's laptop. And Democrats were screaming, Comey's jeopardizing the election. Mm hmm. The theory now is we're looking at this all wrong, and I I am really starting to believe this. The theory now is this: that Jim Comey, Peter Strzok, and other FBI officials at high ranking levels. When I, this is nothing to do with rank and file agents. I want to be crystal clear: love them all, men and women, were absolutely convinced, Joe, that Hillary Clinton was going to win this election. Now, Joe, you and I both know because our shows from those days are still on tape. On mm-hmm. our podcast, you can go listen to him. Right. Everybody was convinced Hillary was going to win. Yeah, everybody. Chris Saliza, I still have a screenshot of it, put out an article, I think it was at the Washington Post, saying Donald Trump's chances of winning the presidential election are close to zero. I have a screenshot of it. Nobody thought Trump was going to win. Nobody. Nobody at Conservative Review thought Trump was going to win. I got into an argument with Dan Horowitz. On, not, not an argument, but we got into a spirited conversation the day of our election coverage. He's telling me he's got no chance. I love Dan, but I said, Dan, you're wrong. Trump's, uh, Trump's going to win this thing. Right. He thought I was nuts. Why is any of this important? Because the theory now is that the entire charade, Joe, the initial press conference, oh, she was extremely careless, but no reasonable mm-hmm. prosecutor would prosecute. And then the reopening were all efforts to get ahead of an effort after Hillary's win to delegitimize her election. Hmm. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, please tell me. Not doesn't. I know you a little bit for Okay. I I could sense by your hesitancy that you're not you're not eating uh, you're not eating the chili I'm putting on a plate here. No. The the theory now is that Comey and Strzok were so in the tank for Hillary. Okay. That they knew there was bad information out there. The email investigation we all know about, that that was going to corrupt her future presidency if this okay. email investigation was hanging over her head. So they exonerate her in this speech, but he gives this speech and he lays it all out, Joe. In other words, Comey says, hey guys, he, Comey, I, I have no... This was the thinking that what they were thinking, Comey is thinking. Hey, all this information is already out there about Hillary's bad email practices. Let's give a speech on it, Joe. That way it's all out there. We clear the air, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end, let's say, and by the way, we're not going to prosecute. Okay. The speech three weeks before the election or the public pronouncement to Congress that we're going to reopen the investigation. Mm -hmm. The theory there is that Comey and people on the inside knew that there was a separate investigation going on for Wiener that may uncover something really Uh, nasty about Hillary. Okay. Okay. So it was another effort to say, listen, she's going to win anyway. Let's just get out ahead of this and say we're reopening it and we can shut it in a couple days. And that way, no one can accuse us of being in a tank. Does that make sense yeah. now? Yep. Got it. Yes, it does. And the, 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 folks, if, if, if that's the case, this is just amazing. If that's the case, the FBI leaders, not, not the men and women of the FBI, but the rank and not the rank and file, the management of the FBI that was in the tank for Hillary may have, in fact, changed the course of an American election and done it only because they thought they were helping. That's what I'm trying to say, Joe. In other mm-hmm. words, Comey, this is where every, this is where I got confused and why it took me seriously a week to get this so I could put it out on my show without confusing the hell out of all of you. Okay. Comey could have kept his mouth shut the entire time, Joe. There was no obligation for him to do a public speech about a a, a, a sensitive investigation to Hillary Clinton. 
Not Joe. There was. Do you understand that there was? Mm-hmm. He had. He could have said nothing. Right. There was no obligation for him to do that, to give the first speech or the second speech about the reopening and the investigation. What some people are starting to say is he only gave those speeches because he was so sure Hillary was going to win that him and Strzok and these other guys may have been thinking, Joe, let's just get it out there. She's going to win anyway. And that way her presidency later on won't have to deal with this hanging over their head. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little CYA. A lot of CYA. Yes! Yes! Armacost. This is a CYA for the Bureau? Look, we put it out there. Uh And a CYA for Hillary later who says, look, they put it out there. It's all Hmm. over. I'm president. The point is they only said it because they were so confident she was going to win. Yeah. Oh. Is that not great? Yeah. Folks, if you're not picking up what I'm putting down, you're missing potentially one of the biggest stories, political stories in 100 years, that an FBI director may have done all of this only under the belief that they were fine. Hillary was going to win. No big deal. Trump had no shot. Let's just clear the deck for a presidency later. Put it out there. But by putting it out there, they actually elected Donald (laughs) Trump. Oh my gosh. I, I, if your head's spinning right now, it should. But it, please listen to it again then and go back. And I know this is a really long setups, but this is an amazing story. The first story I told you is mind blowing. The second one is, is blowing the remnants of your mind that weren't blown by the first one. <laughs> that there's an intelligence operation going on against leaking members of Congress who are using the press to destroy the president with, with fake news fed to them on purpose. What? (laughs) Secondly, that the FBI or managers at the FBI were so in the tank for Hillary and were so comfortable with her victory that they knowingly came out in advance with public speeches that so damaged their reputation because they thought they were helping that they actually handed the election to Donald Trump. What the heck? Now does it make sense, Joe? Yeah, and I never, I never ever would have looked at it you know from that point of view ever. brother me either and I, I, i'm glad you're the audience ombudsman because I, I i'm just being candid with you folks this is this theory's been out there for a couple weeks now hmm. matter of fact i think kim strassel wrote a piece about it in the journal and I'm, again being totally frank and honest i had a really tough time getting where she was going with it you know, it's an op-ed. I'm not there interviewing Kim Strassel, so I can't... Well, what did you mean by this? But after reading and homeworking this and doing like... Really, I mean, I was reading for hours different pieces about this by just Googling it. Mm-hmm. Finally, like a light went off. All right, now I get what they're saying. Comey thought he was helping, but actually handed the election to Trump. Mm-hmm. They were under no obligation to say anything. Just shut up. And they didn't. Wow big stuff folks that's incredible all right today's show also brought to you by our buddies at uh filter by this is why i told you it's one of my favorite shows. i'm telling you i'm so stoked about doing this show today because I'm, i i love putting out information based on hard evidence that's explosive like this and hoping you're all going wow i hope because so, that's what i was doing when i finally put two and two together all right, filterby.com. We love filterby.com. Most of you have air filters in your house, and the chances are, folks, they're probably pretty messed up right now. I love the prior homeowner here. He was a super nice guy, but he didn't change the filters. When I moved into my house, I went and looked out my, I have these two AC units, and I went to the garage and looked, and they were black. The filters are supposed to be white. 
They were so caked up, they were like concrete. I think if you dropped them on the floor, they would have won thunk. So I'm thinking, gosh, now I know why I was getting like this really wicked itch on my hand. I get, I have the worst allergies ever. So you got to change your air filters. And the perfect time to change them is the change of seasons, which eh, you passed a bit here, but this is still a really good time to go out and check. If you're a commercial business, you have a thousand air filters in your factory, or you're a home and you have a couple air filters in your vents, filterby.com. Filterby.com is the way to go. Please support our sponsors. They support us. These guys use double the industry standard Merv rating on their filters. They're manufactured right here in the United States. And if you auto-enroll, that way they'll just send them to you. You don't have to worry about them ever again. You'll get 5% off. Go to filterby.com. That's filterby.com. The air in your house can be really polluted, folks. Matter of fact, some studies out there show it can have all kinds of particulates. Their filters take the pollen. They take the allergy-aggravating pollution, the mold, the dust. Get that stuff out of the air. Breathe clean, healthy air in your house. You probably need to change your filter. You probably haven't checked in a while. Go to filterby.com, manufactured right here in the U.S. They will ship right to your house to shipping is free. You don't have to worry about the shipping. Go to filterby.com. Replace your filters today. Set up the auto enroll too. You get 5% off. You never have to worry about filters again. That's filterby.com. Filterby.com. Thanks to everybody who supports our sponsors. It means the world to us. We really appreciate it. All right. Uh, Where do I go next? So many good stuff. By the way, thanks to the guy who sent me the article about the army's new pistol did you see this show the army's changing uh, their their uh, pistol finally. yeah i saw it on the uh, monitor this morning but i didn't get any yeah, particulars they're, they're going from the beretta to the sig sour um mm. now i'm not trying to play all sides of the fence beretta is a great gun um i like them uh glock's a great gun i own one i own actually i own a few i own a 43 a 42 what do i have a 31 to the 357 um but the army is going with sig sour and the 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 pistol is pretty incredible. I, I have uh, not seen it personally, but I've I've seen it on the news. And uh, I had Sig Sauer. I had a Sig Sauer two two nine in the Secret Service. It's an amazing gun. So excuse me, interesting story. I will put in the show notes. Uh, go check it out. So thanks to the guy who sent me that pretty cool story. All right, I'm just going to get right to this one. There's another great piece by uh, Michael Tanner in National Review today, which will be in the show notes. Um, and and it's was kind of you know it struck a nerve with me, folks, because I'm all in for tax reform, good tax reform, and I think the bill we have now it isn't perfect. I've done entire shows about its shortfalls, so I'm not going to relitigate that now. But putting more money in your wallet is priority number one for me. If I were king for a day, the first thing I'm concerned about is absolutely fattening up your wallet. The reason I say that, folks, is we are in such a perilous, destructive debt situation right now that if we don't grow the economy, there's absolutely no way we're going to be able to pay off our debt. Now, Tanner has an interesting piece where he says, hey, listen, hoorah, great. Tax reform is terrific. But folks, we have to be honest. We're not doing a darn thing about government spending and why this is not a, a, a international crisis right now, because it is international, Joe. Mm-hmm. If the United States goes bankrupt, the entire world economy collapses. We're the biggest economy in the world by far. And don't believe the hype that the Chinese are going to catch up to us. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't buy it at all. Not in a planned economy, they won't. If the United States goes bankrupt, the entire world economy will collapse couple points from this piece that Tanner has a national review. It's great. It's short, sweet, not overly wonky. But he says, listen, tax cuts, terrific, Joe. But what are we going to do about spending? We have Republican control of the House, Republican control of the Senate, and we, we're not doing anything. Matter of fact, Joe, what we're doing is in the wrong direction. The new budget deal, Joe, proposed mm-hmm. by, the, uh, by the GOP. Yeah. This, this is like laughable. I'm not getting these numbers wrong, by the way. 
First, the Democrats are proposing $200 billion more in spending this year. $200 billion. We're already projected for a $666. Mm, whoa, what is that? Gosh, that's like evil. It's like Damien from the, yeah. look, Damien. What, remember, what is it? Remember that movie, <laughs> The Omen? Remember the lady jumps off the roof? Look, Damien, it's all for you. $666 <laughs> billion deficits projected for this year. So the Democrats are proposing next year to spend $200 billion more. Now, if you're a regular listener, you're like, oh, all right. So the GOP, of course, you know, we're the party of fiscal restraint. The GOP surely isn't proposing $200 billion in spending more. No, they're proposing $182 billion. Nice job, guys. Nice job. There you go. Mm. So you're only proposing $182 billion. You're not, you're not proposing any cuts at all. You're just like, hey, those Dems, man, they're big spenders. So we have a $666 billion projected deficit. Uh, the Dems want to spend $200 billion more. We're going to really, uh, let's only spend $182 billion. Oh, that, <laughs> man, you guys are awesome. That's a really wonderful. What are you guys doing up there? No, I, I, I'm serious. I, I, know, I know we have staffers that listen. I know it because I've seen some of the emails. What are you guys doing up there? You're 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 now in charge. You know, you you want your cake and you want to eat it too. And uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying. I don't want to make it personal because then you lose people. I mean, members and staff members who may be listening. But do you have no guts at all? You know, I mean, listen to me. There, there's no doubt in my mind that the Republicans up on the hill in the Senate know this is wrong. They know we are spending money we don't have. They know there is going to be at some point an interest rate apocalypse, and yet you continue to do it. I, I don't get it. You know, there's talk now of bailing out a a a, uh, a multi-state pension fund that the government has almost no obligation to bail out mm-hmm. outside of the pension benefits guarantee. But that's broke too. We're spending money like like we we have it when we're twenty trillion in debt projected to go to thirty trillion in debt, and we're looking at six hundred and sixty six billion next year. And you can't get your. I mean, what is going on here? By the way, the deficit this year, folks, six hundred sixty six billion, is up eighty billion from last year, and the Republicans are in charge. Guys, couple points on this. The you may say to yourself now. And I know I addressed this a few weeks ago, but it's important because some of you didn't get it. I know because a guy sent me an email the other day. He didn't understand what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought because Joe did, he did. But maybe Joe only understood it because I've said it to him 10,000 times. <laughs> maybe a new listener. Seriously. Yeah. You get stuff because I've said it to you so often. Yeah. Um, I understand that even a lot of Republicans right now are like, ah, national debt, national debt. Who cares? Like what? nothing's happening What the economy's moving. I still got my flat screen TV. I got my job. The economy's humming along at 3%. Folks, when these things hit, they hit you like a thief in the night. If you could predict a crisis, it wouldn't be a crisis because you'd avoid it. Remember, Joe, everything was moving along just hummingly before what happened with the housing market. Boom, bam, punch in the gut. Did Joe, mm. outside of a few people, like people in the Bush administration, did anybody see that coming? No. No, because if you did, you would have sold your house in advance or gotten out of debt or sold your stocks. Did, I'm just telling you the obvious. The overwhelming majority of people had no idea that was coming. This debt crisis we're living in right now, while Republicans continue to spend money we don't have, is going to be a similar crisis when it hits. And everybody's going to go, oh, what? 
<laughs> what happened? Yeah. Folks, what happened? It's happening now. Here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a call at some point on U.S. debt. This money we're spending is real money. In other words, we're spending $666 billion we don't have. But it's real. It's still being spent. There's money being given to people on entitlement programs. Where are they getting it from? The answer is they're taking loans from people in the United States who buy U.S. bonds, from, uh, from the Chinese, from the Japanese who are buying U.S. debt. They are lending us money to support a tax base that isn't there to support government spending. Does that make sense, Joe? Mm -hmm. The government's spending money it don't have. Okay, well, where's it getting the money? If Joe Armacost spends money he doesn't earn, well, where's he getting it from? Well, he's probably getting it from a credit card. Mm -hmm. Who's getting it from who? The people who are spending money at the credit card company. They're Mm -hmm. just lending Joe money to spend that he doesn't have. The United States government's no different. The United States government is spending money lent to it by other people. Well, just like Joe spending money on a credit card like a drunken sailor that he doesn't have, which he's not, but you get the point. Yeah. Sooner or later, Joe's credit card company is going to say, wait, Joe owes us $100,000 on an income. I don't know what Joe makes. Let's, let's say it's 40000 just for the sake of easy yeah. numbers here. Sooner or later, they're going to say, wait, you're spending 100000 a year on 40000 in income? Uh, Joe, it's, we're not lending you any more money. Time to pay back. <gasps> Uh-oh. All of a sudden, Joe's cyclical spending habit of 100000 a year supported by a credit card and an income he doesn't have dries up. What does he do? Joe owes all these people money. Every year, Joe's running up a $60,000 tab on iTunes or whatever Ooh. it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of a sudden, nobody's getting their money. Folks, this is what's going to happen with the United States government. It is inevitable. As Herb Stein famously once said, what can't continue won't. This can't continue. Sooner or later, just like a credit card company, the Chinese, the Japanese, and U.S. debt holders are going to say, uh, U.S. government, you got to start paying us our money back. What, what do you mean? No, what, what do you mean? What do we mean? I want my money back. Well, we don't have your money. And all of a sudden, just like the credit card company, Joe, they're going to cut off future credit. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that money anymore. And the interest rate on loans we have now is going to go through the roof because... This is my explanation about interest rates that the guy in the email missed. Mm-hmm. An interest rate on a loan, just like the credit card company's giving money to Joe every year to spend that he doesn't have otherwise, all it is is a measure of risk. That is all that is, Joe. Mm-hmm. If Joe is at relatively low risk to default on that, and in other words, Joe will pay the money back, the credit card companies don't have any need to compensate. They want to give Joe the money because they can make some interest on it, right, Joe? Right. If I give you the money and... I say, you know what, Joe, I'm going to give it to you at 8%. I know I'm going to make a steady 8% on Joe because he pays back his loans all the time. The minute Joe doesn't pay that back because he runs out of funds, short-term funds, because people stop giving him money to pay back the debt he had before, Joe, all of a sudden the credit card company goes, wait, Joe, you don't have the money to pay us back? Um, Okay, uh, now we're going to charge you 18%. Why? Because you're risky. And now to give you any additional money, they have to be compensated by a almost confiscatory interest rate. Does that make sense, Joe? Yes, Dan. All debts are paid. All, as I've said often, and yes. as you excitedly remember, I'm glad you pay attention when I talk. Yes, as Milton <laughs> Friedman said, all debts are paid, whether by the creditor or by the debtor. Yep. Either the person taking the money as a loan doesn't pay it back, And therefore, it's paid by the person who gave him the loan. It gave you the money. 
or the person taking the loan pays back the money. All debts are paid. All debts are paid. The question is, who's going to pay them? Uh Is it going to be the Chinese? Is it going to be the Japanese? Is it going to be American citizens who've loaned the government money? And when those debts are paid, they're going to be paid by you or by them. And we are going to have a massive, massive fiscal crisis. All right. I had another story I really was eager to get to, but we spent a lot of time on some very serious stuff going on. Do me a favor, folks. I know I don't have to say it, but please tune in tomorrow. I have a really cool story um, about net neutrality and Netflix, and it 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 entirely, completely, 100% debunks every piece of crap, garbage story you've, you've been told about, air quotes, net, there's nothing neutral about net neutrality you've ever heard. And it, and it does it so simply and easily, you're not going to want to miss it, and they're going to sum it up in a way that I think only Joe and I do on the show. I, I, can't, I can't get to it today because it requires a bit of a setup, but it's really... Really, really good. All right. Tune in tomorrow, folks. Uh, Go to Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll get you the stories from today's show. See you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.